Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Dara L and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, December 20th. Um, and today we are reading from the big book, page 50, the second paragraph, in our personal stories, ending with individual to settle for himself. We're reading just that one paragraph. Today's readers are Rhonda L. is reading the 12 Steps. Nancy R. from New York will be reading the 12 Traditions. Anne C. is the reader of the text. Nancy R. from Illinois is reading A Vision for You. And Susan S.H. is our beloved backup. The reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, December 19th, for the 7 a.m. meeting, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 19,764. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 19,765. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Um, here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Rhonda L. to read the 12 steps of OA. Go ahead, Rhonda. Good morning. It's Rhonda L., compulsive overeater. I live in Toronto, Canada. And here are the 12 steps of OA. We admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Number 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Rhonda L., for reading. I will now ask Nancy R. from New York to read the 12 traditions. So go ahead, Nancy R. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dara L. I am Nancy R. in New York, a compulsive overeater, and grateful to be here to read the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems, rather less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so very much, and I pass. Uh, thank you, Nancy R. from New York. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to this topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters. Only. Um, also, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. 
Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 50, the second paragraph, beginning in our personal stories. Um, I will now ask Anne C. to begin reading. Anne C., go right ahead. Oops, Anne, please press star one and begin reading. Thank you. I'm sorry about that. In Go our ahead. Person, oh, I'm sorry. I'm Anne C. from Yorktown, New York. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. In our personal stories, you will find a wide variation in the way each teller approaches and conceives of the power which is greater than himself. Whether we agree with a particular approach or conception seems to make little difference. Experience has taught us that these are matters about which, for our purpose, we need not be worried. They are questions for each individual to settle for himself. I am so grateful that I was separated from the compulsion to overeat in April of 2020. I was given the gift of desperation that afternoon. After 45 years of leaving these rooms and gaining all the way back, I was just at my bottom. I was so sad. I was so unhappy. And then the words away came back to me. And I am a pandemic recoverer. I found this new world through Zoom. And from then I embraced this gift I was given. And at this point, it's 32 months later. I am below my goal weight, but I'm very healthy. I am very giving back. I offer a lot of service. Besides going to my um, in-person meetings, like I was at last night, um, I threw my higher power, who is love, who is strength, who is faith, who has demonstrated himself through the love of this fellowship. And I have been going to more meetings, especially this meeting and the other big big book study meeting on go at night that has catapulted my recovery. I did not realize till I was in this room a month ago that I was given a spiritual experience uh, 32 months ago. I'm just so grateful that my daughter saw me recover and she's a, um, almost going to be 20 and she's living her best life. I have um, raised her with um, this this new love that keeps me grounded. Um, through my fellows, I have this l- friendships that just beyond my wildest dreams. Um, recently, we our intergroup had this wonderful big book study, and the speaker uh, just radiated love and the directions, clear directions. And um, I have so many new friends 
that even came and uh, to that workshop and we went to Stepping Stones and boy, I only live 15 minutes away, but I didn't know I was missing such holy ground. And that afternoon it was just us three and the docent and um, the clerks. And it was just, just again, my higher power showing that I deserve happiness and joy and love. And um, I'm just so grateful for Fine. you fellows. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much, Ansi, for getting us started. Um, so now I'd love to take a list of names. Um, for anyone who would like to share, please unmute and just state your name and last initial. Michelle P. from Rhode Island. Barbara Ken. E. from New Jersey. Tina S. Ken W. H. Nancy R. in New York. Loretta H. Christina J. Okay. Um, that's that's all. I, I think I'm good. Um, we will go with that. So I got Michelle P. Barbara E. Ken W. H. Tina S. Nancy R. Christina J and Loretta, I did not catch your last initial, so you'll give it to us when you start. Um, go ahead, Michelle, and share with us. Oops, um, Michelle, I think you're muted, so if you could press star one and go ahead and share. Sorry, I was talking away. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. From Rhode Island, a compulsive overeater. I was sharing that I have probably only shared one other time on this line in the seven years that I've been here. Um, I was drawn to share this morning, and it was kind of funny and God shot. Um, is it odd or is it God that uh, no one spoke up right away, and I was able to unmute and get my name in there? So thank you, God. It was uh, obviously meant for me to talk. And what this paragraph meant to me is that I don't hold a monopoly on how to get a connection with someone's higher power. And I don't have a monopoly on what that higher power is. Um, my sponsor and I have different higher powers and uh, I've worked beautifully with her. I'm grateful for her every day. And uh, she's helped me get through this program and recovered. So, when I talk to sponsees or potential sponsees, I make it clear that um, listen to others. You know, how someone else has recovered um, gives us the keys that, you know, our higher power wants us to hear. So I always just, I love talking to fellows to get um, different different ideas. And I hear that the, the big book talks to everybody differently. It certainly has talked to me differently this time. Um, my willingness, my getting to my bottom months ago, just opened up something that I hear, the directions. You know, again, the seven years I was in the room and went through the steps and the big book, I never heard the clear-cut directions that I heard this time. It's amazing. So I guess I just want to, um, I just want to share that I enjoy talking to others and hearing their message um, because, again, it's my higher power talking through them, and we all have a different approach. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Michelle P., for sharing with us. Barb E., you are up, followed by Ken W.H. Go ahead, Barb. 
Good morning, everyone. Happy December, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, um, all the Christian holidays, just to everyone in the world. Well, for me, uh, spirituality and religiosity are often used as synonyms. But for me, spirituality is a connection with something bigger than myself. It's communion, compassion, connection with another person, a way for me to say love, love, love. Spirituality is a broad concept of believing that there's something beyond myself, prayer, service, community, seeing the beauty everywhere. A person whose highest goal is to be loving to myself and others. And yes, of course, there are bad actors out there. But think of all the heroes that jump out in front of cars that rush into buildings. All of this motivates myself to work for others' welfare, to stay away from harmful activities, believing in my heart that God gave us free will, gave us the power to go on, and my God loves me unconditionally. Even when I make mistakes, and I do, he loves me unconditionally. No strings attached. Even in my imperfection, always striving, I, God keeps me focused on my true north. And when I start to veer onto the rumble path, he redirects me and he loves me just as I am, but too much to let me stay this way. So I, for me, I always make it a practice in December when sometimes people are feeling sad They may have no family close around. They may have no one to share the holidays, including New Year's with. I call three random members, members I may have not heard from recently. And I say, hello, I thought about you and I wanted to make an outreach call to see how you're doing and to wish you a happy holiday. That's me trying to be my best imperfectly, thinking of others, less about me. Because on my own, I'm selfish, manipulating. I want the world to revolve around me, and it doesn't. So this is how my spirituality, spirituality redirects me every single day. I go to sleep. Thank you. I go to sleep if I'm lucky, cured. But like we all say, I wake up an addict every day. So I have to do everything I can that I'm directed to. Thank you. Thank you for your service, by the way. And I pass. Uh, Thank you, Barbara A. Um, Thanks for sharing with us. Ken WH, you're up and you'll be followed by Tina S. Go ahead, Ken. Thank you. Thank you, Dara. This is Ken WH, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, North Carolina. Um, I just pick up on the line, uh, whether we agree with a particular approach or conception seems to make little difference. I read that as I, whether I agree with a particular um, 
I need to personalize much of the uh, we, our language, because uh, I don't know what your experience is. I don't know what your relationship to the topic even is. I just know that um, I used to, uh, it used to matter to me uh, what your particular approach was. And today I am uh, making a conscientious effort uh, to let go of that. And uh, it doesn't make a lot of difference what um, you think of my uh, coming to faith or just even belief that a power would uh be greater than me that could solve my problem. Uh, I need uh, personally to uh, improve my conscious contact with God, with higher power uh, on a daily basis. I'm just in that place now where I need to improve that conscious contact, and that's all that matters uh, for my recovery. Um, uh, Y'all have all kinds of different experiences that I cannot relate to, uh, and um, I need to let you <laughs> have those experiences, and I need to just embrace the one I am having, and I uh, just need to continue to improve my conscious contact with this source of power that is uh, saving my life and, and wants the best for me. With that, I pass. Oh, thank you so much, Ken, for sharing. Tina S., you're next. You'll be followed by Nancy R. Go ahead, Tina. Thanks so much, Dara, for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. Uh, what a great paragraph, you know. When I when it was read this morning, it, it led me to think about when I first came into recovery and I first read the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, and I have to preface this with saying that I didn't come here to find God, you know. For sure, I came here so the shit would quit happening. And um, you know, when I read this today, you know, when I first started reading the big book, you know, I read the stories in the back of the book. You know, my sponsor told me this is a textbook. We studied this stuff, and it's not a novel. Well, I wanted a novel, you know. So I read the stories in the back of the book, and it was just enlightening. You know how most people had happy endings over this uh, treacherous, dramatic lives that they led, and. Uh, and how they found, how they did that, how that happened for them was through a power greater than themselves, which I totally like did not read, you know. Um, but today, you know, in order for me to have this happy, joyous, and free life, you know, I certainly have to have a relationship with a power greater than myself. And I love that it talks about it doesn't matter what anybody else's is or how they found it. You know, and we'll have many variations, which is very cool because maybe some people can relate to others. That's a wonderful thing. You know, but these are questions for each individual to settle for himself. You know, and I, you know, I came in here um, raised Catholic, was, had not practiced for many, many years, and, you know, and, and thought, oh, I got this God thing down. Well, you know, I didn't. And, you know, the good news was that I had somebody that took me through the book, that I got to read the chapter from the beginning of the book when I opened it up and it was the, the blank page. You know, that's what my sponsor told me. This is what you know, Tina, nothing. You know, and then we went on through the rest of the book. And through that, you know, through um, the doctor's opinion, Bill's story, there is a solution, you know, um, more about alcoholism. We agnostics, you know, I came to find something bigger than me that worked. 
just initially for me to continue to do the deal, just initially for me to say, okay, you know, life's a little better today, so let's do it again tomorrow so that I could work through the steps to have a transformation that comes about and to have a relationship that I have today that's phenomenal. And I didn't come here to get, but so happy that I stayed long enough to be given the gift. You know, and uh, just just love this paragraph, and I'm grateful to be here. I'm looking forward to more shares, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Oh, thank you, Tina, so much for your share. Um, Nancy R., you're up. You'll be followed by Christina J. Go ahead, Nancy. Thank you so very much, uh, Dara L., for your service. I'm Nancy R. in New York, a compulsive overeater. Every sentence speaks to me, and that's why I wanted to speak. I just love this paragraph, as I love each one. Um, I was so thrilled and um, astounded by the hope I heard from mentors and people's experiences um, that they have been saved and transformed. When I started listening just a few years ago, just about two years ago, although I've been in the in and out for 30 years, but when I've heard different personal stories, as, as I've said, um, it, it just didn't matter to me how they found their higher power. It did matter to me how, how they found their higher power. <laughs> it did matter. It, the way they found it was not as important as the, the approach. No, that's not true. The way they found it is not as important as that they found their higher power and and I love each way, and as it says in the appendix, the spiritual difference between the spiritual experience and the spiritual awakening. Um, I've had many spiritual experiences, grateful in my life to have had them, just never thought to connect it with the idea that I could get help from a higher power with my food and eating compulsivity. And to be saved... And um, one day at a time for today, it's, I'm now abstinent for six months and 25 days today, gratefully, and so thrilled to be among everybody speaking, not good English as I am, <laughs> to be thrilled to be speaking with all of you. Um, I, I am um, grateful to be doing service and to be um, a part of this great um Fellowship. Grateful to the two people who founded this uh, wonderful visions on the phone, and to everyone that does service. Uh, everybody's experience teaches me every day. Um, experiences taught us that these matters about which, for our purpose, we need not be worried. They are questions for each individual to settle for himself. I'm trying to settle even in myself all my experiences, and um, if I'm working on my own experiences, trying to understand them. I, I certainly um, am thrilled to hear everybody else's approach and conception because each one teaches me. Each one makes me feel hopeful, greatly hopeful, and each one's experience um, makes me um, question my own experiences that, hey, uh, Nancy, they, they look at them, look at them, and look at what you're doing. Every day um, is it... Hi. Thank you so very much for letting me share, and I pass. Oh, 
Thank you, Nancy R. Congratulations on your abstinence milestone. Um, so just a reminder for anyone um, coming on the line a little late, um, we are on page 50 in the big book on the second paragraph, beginning with in our personal stories and ending with individual to settle for himself. So next up will be Christina J, followed by Loretta H, and then I'll take another list of names. Go ahead and share, Christina. Good morning again, Dara. Good morning, everyone. Christina J from North Carolina. I was born with the great seduction of a mind, thoughts, and I was also born with the great seduction of a heart, love. <clears throat> to connect those two has been a lifelong journey. Oh, the three-minute ministries, that's what I call each of these stories on the line every morning that open up new vistas for me so that I can get out of judgment because, you know, I had a big ego about my God. I, I had a big ego. I'm connected. Yeah, I got a God, but I wasn't connected. I would either go hardcore into love, an airy-fairy kind of place, or I'd be hardcore into my thoughts driving me every day with control. Because, you know, I was never taught when adverse, adversity came up to sit and pray, to get quiet go to that sacred place in the center of my chest that beats. It gives me my very life as it beats every day, not consistently. It's a miracle. brings oxygen to my cells. A place of love. That loves me. That keeps going for me like the sun and the moon every day. keeps going and going and going. <clears throat> I think we can get a big ego about, well, I'm not going to speak for myself. I can get a big ego about my God. And, and why don't you see my God? And why can't you do it my way? And here's my suggestion. Well, I, I've let all that go because every person is a religion. Every person is a spiritual path. And I say that in a way that means that God's going to get to each of us how he needs to, how he, she, it, whatever, love's going to get to us how it needs to get to us so that we will finally sit and do the thing that each of us, and this is my opinion and thought process, we have to do. As Ken W.H. said, we each personally have to connect. You can't do it for me. I can't do it for you. We can take ideas from other people, and that's a start. Because each start I've had has led me to a different, deeper place. But i got to work it, baby. i got to sit, close my eyes. Or maybe you don't have to do that. Maybe you can just look at the stars or the beautiful flowers or be amazed by the love of your cat or your dog or your husband Whatever it is, it's there for us to get quiet with. One of the ways that is wonderful for me is to be grateful when I'm stuck running around the treadmill in my head because that thing is the great seducer. I can sit and start my prayers and meditation, and soon I'm off and running on some treadmill in my head that has nothing to do with connecting God. How would, how would a lover feel if I sat to be with my lover and we were talking and suddenly I was staring off into space, not present? You know, so it's a practice. Every time I sit and pray, I work at disciplining myself to come to this beautiful power within my heart. It could be just a simple thing, thank you, of breathing in and out of my heart space. Just asking, please be with me today. Please open my eyes to the vista of love. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you for sharing, Christina. And Loretta H., go ahead and share with us, please. Good morning, Dara, and everybody on this line along with 
my precious God, who is saving my life today, Loretta H., recovered in North Carolina. I love the idea of a personal, you know, the personal stories, a personal God, personal. You know, and this is where I was graced. The first speaker kind of talked about my story. I was um, graced uh, the day I came in with being honest about my food and then having the miracle of the bondage of it gone and the bondage of my anorexia. And that's been over 8,000 days ago. So it is, it's still a miracle to me and it had to be God. I did come in as an agnostic. I used people, places, and things initially, but today I do have a personal God that is um, a relationship that I must develop every single morning. Right before I come to this meeting, I go on an on awakening meeting to have that first date with God, and then I proceed all day to have some connection with him. And only with that connection can I have that spiritual awakening and practice these principles in all my affairs. And it is interesting because, as I said, I was came into the program 54 years ago, so I'm 75 now. It's not 54. I was 54. I wish it was 54 years ago. <laughs> uh, and um, at that time, I wasn't agnostic, but I had a job where I flew in a capsule. And every time I landed in a city, I would get goosebumps on the back of my left at night. And come to find out the Bright Brothers who actually went to the Louvre, which they talk about in this chapter, to study the religious paintings before they built that airplane. So if that wasn't God, you know, then that was odd. And with that, I passed. Thank you so much for your share. before taking another list of names, I'll just remind folks we are on page 50 in the big book, the second paragraph, beginning in our personal stories, reading just that one paragraph only. So if you haven't shared in the last three days, please feel free to unmute and give your names. I'd love to take a list of names. Go right ahead. Katie G. Shanna C. Ginger C. Okay. I can take three more. I got Katie, Shanna, and Ginger. Go ahead. Anyone else? Lulu L. Okay, got you, Lulu. Uh, I can take two more. Chris, Chris Chris from Tennessee. I got you. And who else came in with Chris? Lisa B.T. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Lisa BT. So here's who I got. I got Katie G, Shana, uh, Shanna C, Ginger C, Lulu L, Chris from Tennessee. Chris, you'll give your last initial when you when you go, and Lisa BT. So uh, go ahead, kick us off, Katie G. Good morning, Dara. Thanks for the meeting. And I'm sorry about my voice. I totally forgot. I was so captivated by this meeting. So hopefully you guys can hear me recovered in Boston. Oh, man, there were a couple things that really struck out for me. Um, One of them is that I hated that I had prejudice until yesterday about people saying spiritual but not religious because because I heard it as 
spiritual is good, religious is bad. And um, and so I got a prejudice against that. Isn't that cool? Because the reason it's cool is because I looked it up in the dictionary. And what spiritual means, hang on, let me find it, because spiritual is more of an individual practice and has to do with having a sense of peace and purpose, whereas religion is a specific set of organized beliefs and practices. And the reason the neutrality of that means so much to me is because I came in hating religion. And then I was like, oh, but it's spiritual, but not religious. And what this book teaches me is to be quick to see where religious people are right, make use of what it's offered. But then I got resentful towards other people because I'm just like a resentment-making machine. So thanks be to God that I'm teachable. The other thing that really struck me today about, like, what's different? What's different for me today? A couple of things. One, when I was lying about being exercising bulimically, I never pursued God. I never made a commitment to talking to him and being with him. I wanted a 50-year marriage without even going on J-Date. Like, I just wanted him to be there and be a burning bush. And he's not going to be there for me if I don't make time and space, and not just in that 30 minutes, but every hour on the hour. And how do I do that? Well, what I'm learning is it's not sitting there and being the Buddha 24 hours a day. Do you know what's really convicted me? Intensive work with others. I finally get it in my mind that the way to God is to be with his kids and not his kids that are helping me do the 50th, 10th step, right? But his kids who are bleeding, who are coming to these meetings because they're they're on their 5th or 10th relapse. Or maybe they're like me and their ego is so big that they can't say that they've been lying, that they have been trying to present someone who's recovered that they're not. In the trenches, right? Like I, I pursue God, but after 30 minutes in the morning, I'm on the... I'm on the phone with sponsees, and it's not because I'm a good person, but because I have a primary purpose today. It is to stay sober, and it is to help my sisters and brothers who are struggling. And so those two things, man, it's just amazing. You don't want to miss it with other best. Thank you so much, Katie, for your share. Um, okay, Shanna C., you'll share with us. You'll be followed by Ginger. Go ahead, Shanna. Good morning. This is Shanna C. from Tennessee, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Uh, thanks for your service there, and thanks to everyone who shared and for everyone's presence on this meeting. I'm so glad you guys were here when I needed you and are here today. Um, this paragraph means a lot to me because I know that I had a certain idea of what a person ought to do if they had a belief in God and a way of carrying a message and whatever I learned in my religious upbringing and stuff like that. And I thought that my primary purpose was to be an evangelist and a reformer, which we are taught. You know, we don't start out as an evangelist or a reformer when we're working with others. <laughs> we read the chapter working with others. But anyway, um, it says experience taught us that these are matters for which for our purpose, our purpose. And when they, it was pointed out to me that the purpose that they're referring to here is to carry the message of the 12 steps to the alcoholic in this case in Alcoholics Anonymous and then for us you know the compulsive overeater who still suffers so what is the message the message is for me I have I'm bodily and mentally different from a normal eater 
have a physical allergy to certain ingredients I cannot ingest. Once I start, I cannot stop. Okay, that person that's suffering from this overeating can probably identify with that. They're not going to understand, most likely, my conception of God. Hell, I don't even understand my own conception of God. It varies from day to day, from hour to hour, depending a lot of times, depending on how I feel. And so, you know, thank God for the 12 steps, which is a firm foundation on which and directions on which I can follow to access that power, whether I understand it at any given moment or not. So it's not worth fighting over. Thank God we get to cease fighting about that and follow some directions. All right. And so there's that. And then I have this mental obsession that says, oh, I can control this next time. If I just change this type of food and do this, that, or, or whatever, this, oh, this is the next diet. Or, oh, I'll just get a better sponsor. Or, oh, I'll just, I'll, instead of doing, you know, OA, I'll do FA. Jump for one thing. You know, it's that constant, I need to be in control. I need to run the show all the time. You would see it until... I'm beaten in that state of reasonableness. Big Book talks about how the God of understanding comes to all who earnestly seek. Thank God he did. And that proved, that did come true for me because when, alcohol, um, when food beat me into that state of reasonableness, that was when I began to earnestly seek. And then when I earnestly sought, I was led. I was led to this safe place to land to the person who was able to help me through these steps and gain access to power to surrender this area of my life to, to God also. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. And what that did for me is it gave me a way to be helpful yet again to more people. Anyway, thanks for allowing me to share. So grateful for this way of life. It really works. And uh, that's all I have. Oh, thank you so much for sharing, Shanna. Uh, Ginger C., you're up. You'll be followed by Lulu. Go ahead, Ginger. Good morning, Dara. Thank you so much for your service and everyone who's doing service this morning. I am Ginger C., a real compulsive overeater, and I love this in our personal stories. You will find a wide variation in the way each teller approaches and conceives of the power which is greater than himself. And, you know, that's the gift of any 12-step room. All I bring is my experience. And the greatest experience was almost a week ago. It was um, a little over a week. It was Sunday. And I called a fellow and asked a question. And that fellow asked me, Ginger, have you eaten today? And my heart sank. I knew where this person was taking me. And when you're eating and you're relapsing and sugar is your master, all I did every morning was wake up and could not wait to get into my kitchen to that next bite. And in my refrigerator was a brand new carton of eggnog. And didn't you know I wanted to have a party with that and my coffee? That's all I was thinking about. That's all I could think about because I was driven by this terrible affliction, this deadly disease. And I told that person, and I was honest, and I said, no, I haven't eaten. And they said, good. Start today. And tomorrow, call me, and we're going to start the work. That is something doing for me 
what I absolutely could not do. I tried over and over to hop in the car with Bill, and it did not happen. So thank God for these experiences, because that's where we touch each other's hearts. This experience, strength, and hope that we get to bring to one another to hopefully help that next sufferer, because they're out there in great numbers. And I just pray that this time I stay, this time I'm entirely abstinent, not messing around with the food, because believe me, I was messing around plenty, and being honest, rigorously honest. That is my salvation, because that's going to keep me with God, flowing in the direction I need to be going. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much for your share, Ginger. Um, Lulu L., you're up, followed by Chris from Tennessee. I hear some background noise, so maybe if we could mute people um, before Lulu shares, that'd be great. Okay, Good morning. Um, Lulu, go ahead. Yep, go ahead, Lulu. You, you heard me great. <laughs> yes, my name is Lulu L., compulsive overeater, recovered for today in Florida. And thank you, Dara, for the work that you're doing for each and every one of us today. It is such a great blessing. When I, when I got to the part of the book, this chapter, We Agnostics, as it has been mentioned before by others, I just thought I could skippity-doo-dah right through that chapter. I'm not agnostic. I have a higher power. I have a close relationship with a higher power. I, 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 I. You know, the egotistical I was running the show, not my higher power and it took a you know a thousand face in the mud experiences to to get that I was still my own higher power and the most beautiful thing I have discovered morning after morning after morning listening to each of you is love and for me higher power is love 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 and sometimes I need my higher power to have skin on and so I call you guys and you guys call me and we talk about what that love might look like for each of us and the fact that this paragraph was put in there we will find a wide variation because we are widely varied we have the same disease but we come from different backgrounds and we have different stories and my story is the basis of the story is the same, but wow, we have different stories, we come from different backgrounds, and sometimes widely different variations of what our higher power is, but always, 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 there is love, and I am so grateful to to be able to call into this line every morning and not just hear that love, but feel that love in the vibrations of your voices and in the words that you choose, whether they're perfectly stated or not, because, you know, our tongues get tangled in our mouths. But I am just so, so grateful for this vision group because this is where I found my person to walk beside me and teach me how to recover. And she has done it with love. And I'm passing that on to my sponsees. And yes, what has been said just a few voices ago was, 
the way I spread love around is by reaching out to those who need to be reached. And God, or whoever you want to call it, guides my fingers, guides my way to who needs to hear from me, who needs to hear from God using my voice. Because I'm just a vessel. I'm just an instrument. And I'm here, hopefully, to bring hope and to bring love, love, love. Love is all there is. So thank you for that. And with that, I'll share. I, I won't share. <laughs> I'm fast. <laughs> well, you're perfect timing, Lulu. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Um, Chris from Tennessee will be next, uh, followed by Lisa BT. And Chris, could you just give your last initial? I didn't catch that. Yes. Um, Chris W. Thank you. Thank you. Chris Can you hear me? Oh, uh, nope. So it's Chris W. is sharing and Lisa BT, you'll be last. So uh, Chris, go right ahead and share. Thank you so much. Okay. So um, I realized um, that I really had a burning bush experience when I was still in my drinking days. And um, I had the habit of when I was drinking, I'd gotten to where I would get in a fight with my boyfriend. I'd open the car door and try to jump out and he'd grab my arm and pull me back. And one day we're going hunting and during the rainy ice, um, black ice, we hit a, on a bridge. We didn't have our seatbelts on. I flew out of the Jeep, um, broke like 13 bones and was in the hospital for a week. In those days, you were in there a week for everything, it seemed like. But um, I had this experience. I don't remember anything except hearing the ambulance guy talking to me. and um, and I, But I heard God like in an audible voice, and I didn't even know that phrase. Hey, Steve's not going to pull you back next time. I don't want you to die. Those are the words. Now, I'm still drinking. I'm still thinking God hates me. And that's all I got. But it didn't change my life. It didn't have any effect. I think of it every few years. It pops into my head. And I don't remember if I told anyone. But it didn't change me. Um except that I didn't, I didn't try to do that anymore. And um, so it took me another year or so to get exposed to God in the way of the 12-step program. <laughs> Excuse me. And, um, and even then, it took me years and years to have a intimate relationship with God, to talk to him every day, to read his word every day. I mean, it took me years of trying to do this. And in the process, I still, I gained 120 pounds. I half, I mean, I doubled my weight. Um, having some kind of relationship with God that kept developing, and it wasn't that I wasn't trying. I'd spend hours and hours doing different things and going to hundreds of meetings. And, um, you know, now I finally feel like I've been beaten down to reasonableness and I have a whole different outlook and God is right there with me and I'm surrendered to doing what I need to do to recover on this level because now I realize God is really everything to me and 
It's not about the weight. It's not about being abstinent. It's about truly trying to honor God and do everything that um, time that I can to help others. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much, Chris W., for your share. Um, Lisa B.T., if you could unmute and share with us, that'd be great. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Mm-hmm. Go right ahead. Uh, good morning, everybody, and um, thanks for all the service that's gone into making this meeting happen. Sorry about my froggy voice. I wasn't actually going to share, but then there was very unusually kind of just a silence for a moment there, and um, I thought, okay. Um, so I'm I'm grateful to have been called. Um, you know, this this whole chapter it's really speaking to me in a way it never has before. Um, I think I'm really coming to understand the word agnostic um, in all the ways it sort of played out for me. Um, and one of them in in this particular paragraph, um, you know, it sounds almost too good to be true. Was my thinking like, you know, well, wait a minute, there must be there must be some fine print somewhere. They're sort of saying, oh, come on, it's open to everybody, but how can that be? And what I didn't really really recognize until hearing it fresh again this morning was that that, um, I don't know what word I'd want to use, um, cynicism maybe, that kind of sense that I had to be concerned about what other people felt or didn't feel was really coming from me. Um, And it's it's not there in the text. Um, It's not there at all. If you're just hearing the words this morning, that's not what the words say. And yet... Um, for me, I've been very engaged with what other people's views are and what I can do um, to to impact them. Um, and, and I think where I first learned that, but it's still kind of obviously resonating for me, is years and years and years ago, I started going to my first um, Al-Anon meetings um, for a person in my family. And I was under the impression that if I did Al-Anon really, really well, then I could fix them. Um, And I was under that impression for a good couple of years um, that it was sort of down to me. And I feel that why I say that that's agnostic is that that to me is totally blocking out God in the mix. Um, So I'm very grateful for the reading today. Um, And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for your share and your service, Lisa BT. I think we've only got about 30 seconds, so we'll wrap up now. Um, just thank you to everyone who shared. Thank you to those who did service um, at this meeting. Uh, thank you also to Barb, our newcomer greeter, and our host, Nancy C., the host of the second hour. Um, and please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the close of this meeting. The share ID for today, um, December 20th, the 7 a.m. meeting that we just heard, um, is 19,767. That's 19,767. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Nancy R. from Illinois please read a vision for you for us? Go ahead, Nancy. Good morning. I'm Nancy R. from Illinois, Recovered Compulsive Overeaters. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. 
we realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.